Uh, hi everyone, welcome to Artificial Entertainment. Uh, right now, I'm I'm visiting Tyler in prison. Uh, it was awful nice to see you again, Josh. It's been it's been hectic in here these past year. Uh, no, well, how long, <laughs> how long has it been? It's only it's been three weeks. It's been a bit longer than normal, uh. but <laughs> thankfully to your little stunt in court, they weren't able to give you the death sentence, so we have a bit more time to figure out your case. And uh, is that is that how the judicial system works? That's uh, okay. It is in this podcast universe. You're breaking the fourth wall. Stop! I'm sorry. Who are you? Oh, I'm the prison guard. The that you requested to be in the room with you. I definitely didn't request you to be here. Someone came in and grabbed me, and then brought me in here, and here I am. All right. Well, I guess since Mason hasn't shown up to visit Tyler in prison, who's Mason? He's he's our he's our friend. Oh, that's currently out. Not not getting along. He has again. a kidney stone, I hear. That's the talk around the the, 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 the the cells. Everyone I know knows that he has kidney stones. Oh, it's is true. Mason a hot topic is. in this prison? And the mall too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is Dylan. He gives me my uh, morning cavity searches. Yeah, it's great. We we get tea, we get some scones, it's great. We oh, talk he, him down. He, he he brings all these in through his various cavities. Yeah, and and then you'd be amazed at what he has up in there. Yeah, yeah, well, just, just last week we found this. It's a train whistle. <laughs> okay. Did you find Thomas? So wait, have Thomas, you... Thomas, come back to me. Have you pulled that out and then blown into it? Or are you just tooting and that's what your farts sound like this now? This is sounding... Well, either way, I should have watched... I should have washed it first. We'll just put it that like that. Well, as Tyler washes his train whistle, we'll play the theme song. His tootie whistle. That should be the new title of a soap opera. <laughs> Tyler's train whistle. As Tyler washes his train whistle. Artificial Entertainment. I'm your host, Josh Lakaitis, and with me, as usual, is one of my co-hosts, Tyler Yaney. What's my cell number? I need to figure that out. Oh, we doing the po- oh five two six zero one or something? You know, whatever, whatever. And I'm Jovan. There you go. That that's that's the easy Easter egg most people do. And uh, with us today is our first ever guest host, Dylan Giovanetto. Hello, everybody. Look, Tyler. See, he knows when to say hello when I freaking introduce him. Wait a minute! You are replacing Mason. Is he in a? Is he in the Hudson somewhere? No, we are not replacing Mason. He just mysteriously has not shown up today. Hmm. So, mm-hmm. so uh, not speculate on speculating on that any further. How about we <laughs> jump into the news? Jumping into the nudes. You made every this. Time. You can't make the same <laughs> joke every episode. I think that's exactly what you're supposed to do. That's not how it never gets old. <laughs> It's for first-time listeners. It's fun. I'm sure this is going to be our most echoey episode. It may be, yes. Because this uh, prison the, visiting room is so It echoey. does not have good acoustics, I'm telling you. That's true. <laughs> but oddly, Tyler's not the one with the echoey. It's us. Yeah. yeah. It's on this side of the bars. Odd. 
So uh, the f- <laughs> on this side of the bar is a memoir. <laughs> so some of the news is kind of old, but uh, I still wanted to bring it up. Spam- old nudes is good nudes. Spamalot is getting a movie, and for those of you that don't know what Spamalot is, it is the Broadway musical adaption of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, that seems but like it, a it, natural But it already has a, has a movie. I mean, it worked so well with for the producers. Oh, yeah. It, oh, no. Tyler, how do you feel about this? I mean... Because you, you're, you're the, the one that really got me watching Monty Python. The show, not the, just the Did movie. I? I yeah, swear you didn't when, we, when we were working on your thesis film, whenever we weren't filming, we were just sitting around watching Monty Python. Oh yeah, someone got me, uh, which is the weirdest gift I've ever seen, Flying Circus Seasons on iTunes. So I'm like, I'll watch those. I, I hadn't seen them in a while. I have. I all thought the, you just uh, used the gift cards that the film school gave us no, to buy. No, I already blown the, uh, the film school <laughs> gift cards at that point. Blown it like a train whistle. On, on nothing film related. It was great. <laughs> So, I actually own all of the Flying Circus on DVD. I got it in eighth grade. See, my parents, my parents got that, got the whole collection on DVD and gave it to my little sister's boyfriend's dad. They Former love him, boyfriend. They love him more but than then you. they broke up. Uh-oh. So I'm like, I feel like we should get those DVDs back. I feel like Yeah, that should right. be in the prenup. Right? Anyway, <laughs> ha- have you ever seen Spamalot? Have either of you ever listened to the soundtrack? Uh, I've listened to the soundtrack. I, I've never caught a showing of it. I, I I wish I could have gone when Tim Curry was King Arthur. Right? That's just amazing. That would have been great. I don't think I've ever seen it. So okay. this will be really good for me. Do you, like, do, does this interest you or is this just another oh, no, one? Not at all. No, no. I never saw the producers either. So maybe I'm not the target. The biggest problem with the producers film is it it's feels like brother. they just filmed the stage play. Like, it, it's filmed like a sitcom. Oh, it's so bad. Where it's just like, you know, that fourth wall is missing and we never shoot the other way. Oh. It's so yeah. weird because, it, yeah, it is just uh, Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane are just so used to, they can just spit out this dialogue that they're like, ah, oh, we don't have to do scenes. We'll just get multiple cameras. And Is that what spitting out sounds like? You've been in prison too long. Oh, you're spitting all over the table. <laughs> Uh, so I kind of want to see it because I'd like to see what they do. Like, because I, I I have been listening to uh, the the Broadway soundtrack now, and I, like Run Away, I think it would be a really interesting number to see translated. But can I just can I just say who's responsible for bringing not only making it a musical, but then years later making it into a uh, a feature film? Eric Idle. Yeah. He's got nothing else to do. He's the one that loves to cash in on it. The other ones could not care less. It's just like, the 90s are over. He's not playing every villain's little sidekick anymore. He's got to be doing something. He's not in all the family films. Yeah, right? (laughs) He's not doing the Dudley Do-Right movies. Or Casper. Yep. Did he do all the Caspers? No, I I think that there's... There's more Caspers than there should be. Right. I think there's like three live-action Casper films. But I think there was only one... Because there's one where he meets little Lizzie McGuire as, like, yeah. Hillary oh, Duff. Yeah. And, her, and her aunts are, like, the Hocus Pocus witches for some reason. Yeah. Hmm. Then we... Didn't one of us watch the prequel film? For no, a I watched uh, the one with Steve Gutenberg and a yeah, that's Rodney the, Dangerfield. That's the cameo. weird prequel Casper film. Oh, I hated it. <laughs> what year did that come out? I don't know, but, like, I, it's weirdly 90s. modern, but also Rodney Dangerfield's still alive and in it. Wow, I was going to say, that's... That's special. Uh, is it a special. special thing to watch? 
At least those scenes are. Yeah, that's a that's a word for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on. Apparently, Disney hasn't quite locked down that they're buying Fox because Comcast is trying to swoop in and buy Fox entirely in cash. I mean, people have uh like in pennies. <laughs> Uh, Comcast com- would do that. Yeah, yeah. they are the, the most the evil thing. company in the world. What's what's the most difficult way we could purchase this? Just uh, in loose pennies. Yeah, maybe like Facebook credits that you buy at the gas <laughs> Bitcoin. station. Yeah, Bitcoin. Or... People are paying for our terrible internet and cable services. Yeah, maybe they pay them in those cable boxes that you get when you get the Comcast internet. And that you can never get rid of. You can never get rid of and you're always missing a piece and they charge you for it when you return it. Every if time. you try to get rid of it, tomorrow will show up on your doorstep. Mm. <laughs> They're the Hydra, the Hydra of cable. Of cable prov- that's actually not entirely inaccurate. No. So uh, when we found out that Disney was buying Fox, we weren't really crazy about it. Mm. Would you, would either of you prefer that Comcast bought Fox at this point? I mean, what what is? I think Comcast owns Universal. Yeah, so if Comcast keeps Fox as Fox, so they just have Fox and Universal, mm-hmm. I could see this not being much of a change. Nothing would change. Nothing would change. Be okay with they that. take yeah. the Hulk back from Disney, so then the Hulk <laughs> could be in the Fantastic Four and X Men movies. Yeah, that that would be. I, I want. So my my original dream was that Warner Brothers would lose all the rights to DC <laughs> because yeah. Yeah. they've not been good parents and someone needs to come in and take those kids away and then give them to Fox because I feel like Fox could at least accidentally make a better DC Accidentally, movie. yeah. And then yeah. Fox returns the Marvel characters. We do a switcheroo. Oh, Fox is like, we don't need you anymore. Then Marvel can have all their car- their toys back. Mm. Fox can have new toys. And Warner Brothers can sit in a corner and think about what they've done for the past five and years. And just make it more Harry Potter make prequels. More, yes, yeah. Exactly. That's and the exactly gay wizard of Azkaban and all the fun things. Gay Nazi wiz- wizard. Isn't that what the new one is? Yeah. Uh, because... Wait, who's gay now? Hitler. Well, Dum- the Dum- wizard Hitler. Dumbledore's gay. But also... Well, who? I-, I thought Ian, Mc- Ian McKellen was supposed to play him at one point. Which um, it's kind of a missed opportunity. Ian McDermott. Which one's Gandalf? Ian McKellen is Gandalf. Is he? Who, who's Ian McDermott? I don't know. One of us will probably Google some, it. We all have probably laptops. Probably someone's open. uncle. Ian Anyways. Mc. Are you googling right now? Yeah, Ian McDermott. In Ian... front of me, gross. <laughs> oh, Palpatine. Has... Oh yes, Palpatine. I would love that. Can we make that happen? <laughs> Palpatine as a as a gay wizard Hitler. I mean, as he's a already gay, pretty much uh, a wizard, wizard Hitler yeah. before. Better than Johnny Depp. Oh, so much better. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I, I guess we're talking about Fantastic Beasts is... Two: The Crimes of Grindelwald now. But yeah, the gay wizard Hitler podcast. Doesn't that title just leap off the tongue? It absolutely <laughs> does. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but Tyler, but Johnny Depp's character is gay. He used to date Dumbledore but I thought Jude Law was gay not in the movie I just haven't (laughs) talked to him lately (laughs) so yeah uh Johnny Depp is playing gay wizard Hitler so So. is he Dumbledore's ex yes Yes. I don't like I don't know how much we'll actually touch on this in the film probably more or less than what we've touched on it yeah that's probably the 1930s when people weren't so accepting of that kind of thing but they're wizards yeah so it's fine wizard community is way more progressive there was a black president in the wizards Right? Oh. Did you see the the new one? I I like the Fantastic new one. Beast. That's my favorite Harry Potter movie. Yeah, the president of the American Wizard whatever. She was black. It's a black woman. So they're way more progressive in 1940. So you but say also they hate wizards are normal more progressive humans. than muggles. Yeah. Yeah. Except to, towards muggles. Sure. Yeah. Sure. 
So Comcast. <laughs> no, no, I think we've moved on from that. <laughs> okay, okay. But hold on, hold on. We have a we have a segue. Jude Law, Sherlock Holmes three. That's okay. happening. Because when was the last one? Uh, Two thousand. Same year Avatar came out, right? No, the first one was the same. No, that was year the Avatar. first. That was the first one. Okay. Two thousand. 11? We have laptops. 9 to 10, 10 to 11. It's yeah, I would say Game of Shadows. Isn't that the name of it? Yes. It came out in 2011. So it's been oh, seven wow. years. It'll, I think it's coming out, what, 2020, 2019? Yeah. So it'll it's, be even it's longer. It's coming this, out the same year as the new Avatar. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited for this. Like, I don't think it's going to be great, but I uh, I love the Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. movies. Yeah, they're, they're fine. Yeah. Um. Fine. I'm just happy that they're not going. He's not pursuing any more King Arthur movies. Guy yeah, Ritchie. Yeah. Is this Guy Ritchie directed? Is he directing the third one? I would assume so. I didn't really do my research. Mm. Well, let's see. He's here. probably doing the uh, Brad Bird Andrew Stanton route of, well, that didn't work. I guess I'll go back to what makes money. Yeah, exactly. Um, can, speaking of Guy Ritchie's King Arthur, that Robin Hood movie coming out with the kid from Kingsman, that totally looks like it could be in the same universe. It could be. I, I like that idea. Just look, oh, is that the one with Jamie Foxx? Yeah. Bad oh, medieval that. movies. Apparently we're doing that again. I have very strong opinions on Jamie Foxx. And it's they like are. A, it's He's like okay. a reverse um, <laughs> Men in Tights. Yeah, because he had uh, Dave Chappelle with him. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Dave Chappelle, we're just jumping around all my notes for news. Yeah, it's great. great. Apparently, they're... my segues are on par here. Man. They're is, turning that Dave great. Chappelle skit from the Chappelle Show, where he's the blind black Klansman, into a movie. <laughs> into a movie. I'm surprised it took this long. <laughs> when I saw that this was a thing, I legitimately thought that's what it was. Uh, black Klansman. It, it actually, the trailer looks really good, and I'm very oh, excited uh, for this movie. It's uh, Spike. Not Spike Joe. Spike Lee. Spike Lee. One yeah. of the Spikes. I get those confused. One of the Spikes. They're maybe the most two opposite people I've ever met. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and Spike, Spike Lee definitely did not direct her. <laughs> and Spike Jones. Or was in Jackass. Yeah. Wait, Spike Jones. No, not Spike Jones. Which one's which? Spike oh, Lee. Whose name is Spike? <laughs> did. Spike Lee did. Be kind to everyone or whatever? Do the right thing. Do the right thing. He yeah, did okay. X. so sherlock holmes 3 is a thing i am excited for it i genuinely wanted this especially what novel are they going to adapt i hope they kind of do their own thing yeah because like sherlock's over so they can do whatever they want now yeah they're doing their own thing um already died in the second one spoilers right yes okay Um, did he go down the waterfall yeah they fell since the theater I actually I own those two films on Blu-ray. Oh, good for you. I like I genuinely enjoy them that Keeping much. Keeping physical media alive, I appreciate that. I do too. Actually, uh, one of one of the actors from Sherlock Holmes two is in Ten Thousand BC, the movie we have to watch tonight. Whoa. Uh, but another segue. Let's see. This I'm... is just segue the podcast. This is fantastic. <laughs> uh, Tyler, do you want to talk about Terry Gilliam and uh, the man who killed Don Quixote, and the court battle that is finally over? I mean, last I heard, France is showing it, which ironically was the first country to show Brazil. Yeah, so um, for those of you who don't know, Terry Gilliam is one of the Monty Pythons. He did the animation in between. He's the only American-based Python. Um, he didn't do much of the skits, but he was the gatekeeper in uh, Holy Grail and Patsy. Yep. Uh, oh. He's one of the three guys in the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> That's true. 
Um, that is true. I'm trying to think what else, like, skit-wise he did, but just not, not he, much. When, in Life of Brian, when they're all getting their crosses to be crucified, he's the one that's like, uh, I think he's in the background doing something funny. No, no, he's, uh, he's with Eric Idle, but he's got, like, the stutter. When, he, when they're, like, taking the, the, the people to be crucified. Yeah, that's it, yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but... Terry Gilliam has been this wonderful director. He did Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Brazil, Twelve films. Monkeys, um, yeah. and he, Twelve Monkeys. Yes. Okay. He's been trying to make this movie, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, for the good amount of 20, 25, 30 years. Yeah. So it's been about three decades. He's been trying to get this thing made. Yeah. There's even a documentary about him making it called Lost in La Mancha, and finally he's made the film. Uh, some producer tried to claim that it was actually that he owned the film. When he never actually put any money into the film or something like that, I again didn't really do my research. Mm, okay, okay, but uh, so he mm. he wasn't going to let Gilliam show it at cons, but he won the Festivals. legal battles. So it it'll be shown the last night. But now Amazon has backed out of actually distributing the film, so it'll be shown, but there's no American distribution for it. Interesting. You can just give it to Netflix, right? I, but I don't think I don't think it's Netflix's style. I think I think Gilliam wants to have this be a theatrical. I don't think release. Netflix has a style. Like, did you see that Cloverfield movie? <laughs> I did see that Cloverfield movie. I did. That not. was that we, was we were almost going to do an episode on it if it was good and go through them all, but it was so bad. I'm like, I do not want to sit through two bad and one it's okay not, movie. It's not as bad as it. people say. It's not as bad as people say, but it is schlock. And Chris O'Dowd is amazing. Yeah, yeah he's, he's worth watching it. That's the only reason I want to watch Absolutely. it. I kind of liked it a lot. And I, I like the first one a lot. Which ones do you not like? You said two. I have never seen any of them, but I hear two's really uh, good. One's great. Uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane was one, probably one of my favorite movies of whatever year that came out. I don't yeah. know. Uh, speaking of Netflix, uh, Dylan pointed out to me that Netflix is planning on releasing 470 original TV shows and films by the end oh of 2018. Oh my gosh. Seriously? Yeah, by the end of this year. Huh. I, I, we, should, we should get in on that. <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be nice? They'll take anything. But we had to go for Amazon. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, there's no quality control. Like, remember when uh, when a Netflix original was a special it's thing? A deal, hold up, yeah. hold up, hold up. Like, have you seen network TV? There's never been quality control. There has been some. Like, no, 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 no. There, remember that Geico Caveman show? I'm not saying there haven't been <laughs> bad ideas. I mean, the Big Bang Theory is still running. But, it sure is. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. But, like, you know... Not everyone that came to the network got a show. It seems like everything that everyone that can get a, in contact with Netflix gets a show. I think that's their um, their their ability to buy shows that have already been made. So they're not yeah. spending a lot of money to create shows. People are coming in with already pre-made things, and then I believe it because so that, that's how uh, the first season of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt feels. Like there mm-hmm. are commercial breaks built into the show. Yeah, but. But why? Yeah. Because it's Netflix. Yeah. And if it was made for Netflix originally, I don't feel like they would have been done that way. Um, Apparently so what by you're the saying end... is we should, we should make Late Fee's first season and then they'll buy it. Yes. But we don't have the animation budget. Not oh, we don't have attitude. any budget. Exactly. Or the time. I had to smuggle this mic in 
just just in ways I don't even want to want to get into just so we could do this podcast. Why? You've already said you've smuggled literally everything else up your butt. What's wrong with this smuggling This one was the more mic? of a catheter in- insertion. Oh my. Okay. <laughs> shall, shall, shall we move on to That should be the cover image of this episode. I'm not drawing that. <laughs> Me putting a microphone up my pee hole? Yes. Yep. I That's don't want to That's the title. I mean, it'd be so small, I don't feel like I could draw it. The microphone or my pee hole? Because that wasn't very nice. <laughs> All right. So uh, the theme for this week's episode is... I don't know why I keep saying this week's episode, because like we're supposed to come out every every other week. Sometimes it's every three weeks. It's this never, particular week. Yeah. This episode's theme was movies with the year in the title. Mm. Uh, and... I watched 10,000 BC, Tyler watched Year One, and yep. Dylan, stepping in for Mason, watched 1941. I'm going to have to thank Mason for picking this one and not... <laughs> 2012. 2012, the one that I had seen before and I think liked more. I don't know. Really? Huh. We'll see. I mean, you are a big Roland Emmerich fan. I do like things being Ew. destroyed for no reason. All right, you're the guest. You get Ew. to decide who goes first. Oh, my. Uh, what was Tyler's option again? Year One? Yeah. Mm. Starring Jack Black and yeah. Michael Sarah. I'm going to let him go first, because right. that's one I've seen. Tyler, please. Oh. I have so many questions about this movie, so uh, start. Uh, first of all, let's let's have a little preface. I expected to hate it, hate this movie, but I really didn't. That shocks me so much. Yeah, Doesn't it, though? I mean, there's just there's just some funny ideas in it. Like, uh, like I was telling you on the phone, uh... David Cross plays Cain, Paul Rudd plays Abel, and the, and surprisingly Cain sticks around for most of the movie, and they just make, like, the running gag is he, whenever he sees Jack Black and Michael Sarah, he's like, yeah, I never, never murdered my brother. What are they talking about? <laughs> I mean, that's just crazy. Well, it is the last live action, I mean, any film directed by Harold Ramis, correct? Which is, yeah, no, it's a shame. He pops up for a cameo as Adam. And Harold Ramis is a very good comedy director. He did... I mean, Groundhog Day is probably still one of my favorite movies of all time. Did he direct um, Stripes? Or was he just in it? Uh, let me pull off the DVD. I have it right here. I mean, he had a hand in writing Ghostbusters. Stripes? was Yeah, no, yeah, I thought... Stripes was Ivan Reitman, but he helped, uh, he helped write it, and he is in it. He's a very talented... I don't. He's not a comedian, but like source of comedy in Hollywood. Well, he he used to write for National Lampoon, and then I believe mm. he wrote Animal House, and then kind of got in with that crowd. Gotcha. So. That makes sense. So, what is the plot of Year One? Um, biblical inaccuracy. <laughs> the movie. <laughs> Does it actually take? Okay, because I know, like. Adam I'll, and Eve are in it. I'll just Kane go through everything real quick. Okay. Because it doesn't make a lick of sense. Because, like, Abraham and Adam are alive at the same time. That doesn't add up. What about Noah? He kind of came Noah, in between Noah them. Noah doesn't get mentioned at all. <laughs> so, I guess we skipped that part. So, does this um, movie not actually take place in the first year of, Earth, of Earth's creation? They, they never mention it, but judging by the title, I guess that's what you're supposed to assume. So they don't even try and date the film? Like, you never see an opening title card or anything? You see the title. Maybe, like, a double as a title card. 
Yeah, I guess. All right. Anyway, anyway, go on, please. Tell me about this movie. I'll just jump through the plot real quick. So you got Michael Sarah and uh, Jack Black as cavemen, and they suck as both hunters and gatherers. And um, so so Jack Black eats from the the tree of the forbidden e- uh, fruit, and I guess it just turns out to just be a tree because he thinks he has all this new knowledge, but he really doesn't. Okay, and, and then that leads to a to a funny uh, cameo with Bill Hader as the shaman casting them out of the village. So next they run into to Cain and Abel, and uh, after and witness Paul Rudd is is Abel being brutally murdered, and the 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 joke is like he. King bashes him on the head and he keeps like popping up after, and he starts weeping over his body but he keeps popping up and then out of instinct he bashes him again and he's this is the rule of three it happens three times and then he's ah comedy but, gold uh, yeah you know it so then Kane in exchange for the silence takes them to dinner at his his father Adam's house so then they discover that Kane has this cart with wheels, and it's the most amazing thing to them. Um, they make a joke about Lilith being a lesbian or something. Who's Lilith? Blah, blah, blah. I think that's one of Adam's kids. I sure. need to read the Old who, Testament who plays again. It's Lilith been a while. in this movie? I don't remember. I certainly I didn't, didn't pay attention to the <laughs> biblical genealogies. Those, yeah. those were always fun to read. It was in the numbers books. We kind of glossed over those. <laughs> and so-and-so begat so-and-so begat mm. so-and-so begat yeah, so-and-so. Yeah, she's in there She's in there somewhere. I remember because I'm like, Lilith, that doesn't seem like a name a screenwriter would come up with. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's in the Bible. <laughs> God <laughs> came up with it. <laughs> the ultimate really, screenwriter. The, the real screenwriter. <laughs> <laughs> the screenwriter of everything. <laughs> so after Adam finds out about Abel... Uh, Cain and I don't remember the caveman's names, but Michael, Sarah, Jack Black are, are off to to like, uh, and then Cain sells him into slavery, and then oh, so we get a little bit of Joseph. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so then they run into Hank Azaria as Abraham and McLovin as uh as his son that he's going to sacrifice, and um, Isaac? that goes nowhere. Yeah, Isaac. I can't believe yeah, I didn't. No, I, I couldn't I remember that. I know his name. I've seen if you did. I've been I've been in the slammer a while. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's cool. Then they end up at uh, in, in Sodom, and uh, Olivia Munn shows up, and I'm like, oh god. <laughs> so they just completely skip Noah's flood. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess that didn't happen. They 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 skipped some key chapters in Genesis. Well, the book's yeah, they, always they a little just different. It. Whatever, you know. So. We're in Sodom now. We're I don't even remember it's I, it's been a couple of days since I watched this. I should remember this. <laughs> this is why you yeah. take notes. Very Yeah, memorable. no, I I I have yet to take notes for the show. I, I I had lots of paper, but I could not find an inmate to lend me a pencil, so it was just It was either my own blood or just wing it, so I was like, whatever. Okay, so they get to Sodom and Gomorrah. And then Dylan, you've seen this. Do you remember? I saw this after a wedding in theaters in 2000, what is it, 9? Yeah, it's, uh, been, a, I remember, it's been a hot minute. <laughs> I remember very little. I remember not laughing. I, I distinctly remember not laughing. Yeah, no, there's only a couple of 
I just I just thought there was a couple of decent setups, but most most of it's just your generic Jack Black and Michael Sarah humor. But it's just they're cavemen now. So. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think Jack Black 100% works as a leading kind of man, especially I mean, not in a movie like this. Yeah, I think he he plays so. very well as someone who bounces off other people, and this movie requires him to be the sort of straight man to Michael Sarah's not very straight man. But that's the thing, though. They like. Neither of them are really the straight man, but neither of them are really, like, the entirely funny one either. They're just kind of both doing their shtick. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so there was never a, an anchoring point to this film that made me... Yeah, care. Jack Black works well as a lead in, like, something like School of Rock. Or, or Bernie. Yeah, yeah. Bernie. Bernie's in it. Well... He's technically the leading man, because the film's named Ber- after him. Bernie, Bernie's tricky, because, like, it's a movie about him, mm-hmm. but, like, it doesn't follow him the whole movie, if that makes sense. No, that's that's very true. But, um, yeah, so there's there's a couple of cool setups, and it's just, it's just nice to see, like, oh, I know all these comedy actors that just pop in and out of this movie. So I, I am surprised funny. it has a really good mm-hmm. cast. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah, just a couple people just show up for, for a couple minutes get a couple gags in then they leave and it's... did it feel like harold ramus called in a lot of favors to make a movie because i've noticed those um, in movies at that point I, I think absolutely uh judd apatow was attached to this i think in some capacity yeah that sounds about right yeah which was surprising and i think correct me if i'm wrong i think harold ramus plays seth rogan's dad in knocked up which came out of around the same time. I think you're right, actually, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, I'm i sure it was just a quick, like, uh, can, you, you know all these people. Could you just bring them in for a quick minute? Mm. So. so, it's like a, a, a worse version of Movie 43, is what you're trying to say? That Movie 43 is a, a much better movie than this? You say Movie 43? Yeah. Oh, God, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, oh, no. I, I legitimately think Tyler's movie is a better version of my movie. Because I, fi- I Actually, find... Actually, no, yeah. Because, like, the thing about your one, I was expecting to just be in pain, but, like, it's... Yeah, Wait, I mean, that's why I gave it to if, you. If, if it didn't have the infamy of being as bad as it was, if I just heard the plot and the people involved, this was exactly the kind of movie I would have expected. Mm. So... A little surprised it wasn't worse than it was, but it was just kind of generic studio comedy with a more inventive premise. The the, yeah. the setting itself I find very interesting. To have these characters kind of going through biblical stories, but, you know, just doing Again, its own thing. another thing that, that could have worked if it had just been... Because, like, none of these things line up. I don't... I think... Did, were cavemen around in biblical times? I Like... Well, I mean, it... I don't think they were caveman technically, because like it was Adam and Eve. Excuse me, Adam and Eve and all their kids. Um, I suppose but they, they acted may have like lived they didn't caves. even know Adam, so it's just I don't know. Well, I yeah, no, know. that wouldn't have worked because just just go see Early Man. It's it's a much better. <laughs> it's, it's it's so much better than this. <laughs> Does is Adam and Eve in that movie? Do we get to see claymation Adam and Eve? No, because in that movie, the Stone Age runs into the Bronze Age, so you just skip over the whole biblical aspect anyway, so it, just, it really doesn't. Oh, a bunch of atheists, man. Yeah, that's what you get. Yeah, those... Ho- Hollywood's really losing that Christian aspect that it used to have. As long as that movie has nothing to do with soccer, I think I may give it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fair. Technically, Year One isn't a Christian movie. It's more like it follows Jewish text. Oh. 
Well, I mean, part one of Christian, or part one of three, if you're Mormon. That's, yeah, that's the, true. The prequel, if you will. The Book of Mormons, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Count me in. <laughs> All right. Oh, I, speaking, of, speaking of which, a little off topic, but like... Speaking of the Book, Book of Mormon? Mormon a movie. Don't like spam a lot of movie. Make Book of Mormon a movie? Yeah, because, I mean, I'll never be able to afford to see it, but I, I'm a big uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone fan. So. I think I'd watch that. Yeah. That or that Hamilton thing I keep hearing about. Yeah. You know they're going to make that into a movie. <laughs> They've yet to Your make uh, Wicked a movie. So... It's because musicals haven't worked yet, and every time they try and bring them back, they don't work. Especially what about like The Greatest Showman. The greatest showman. Everyone's favorite movie. It's one of the worst movies I've seen all year. And it made all the money I in the it. world. It, it, it did make Kevin a lot Spacey. of money. Like, I saw that. I think it, it was in theaters for like six months or something. In I saw that in a dollar theater, and it got. In a, it, I don't think people stood, but people clapped. Mm-hmm. It was a packed movie theater. Why, why, why do people clap at movies? Like, why clap at such a terrible movie? In the projection booth. I, I've never understood that. I saw it probably five weeks after it came out, and it was a hundred percent sold out. Like we got the last two tickets, and people stood up and applauded at the end. And That's I'm staring, insane. and I'm like, I don't get it, but they do. So maybe I'm the weird one. No, no, it's the children that are wrong. My favorite thing about that movie is it's just such a huge leap between child Hugh Jackman and then Hugh Jackman. And it's because I found this out. Charity, his wife in the film, Mm -hmm. it's his second wife. Yeah, of course. So he went off, got married. That didn't work out. You know, I had a crush on that little girl. I'm going to see how she's doing. I came for her. He looks so old in that. He looks older in The Greatest Showman than he does in Logan. Oh, that's not nice. No, some of the lighting, you just see every wrinkle and bag under his eye. and Just like Hugh Jackman, if you're listening to this, I do not agree with. Made a lot of money. Are they going to do Greatest Showman 2? I hope so. The Greatest Showman. Well, maybe we can make it. That's the name of the first one. There was no joke there. There was the greatest one. The first one was the great one. The second one's the greatest. No, it's the greatest. It's it's not the great showman. That's not the movie. Look, we have differences. (laughs) The even greater showman. The, the better greater. showman. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we could have a, a more modest showman. <laughs> Let's bring it into the 21st century. <laughs> All right, I guess since we're on a caveman kick and I have nothing funny or interesting to say about year one, we'll, we'll segue into 10,000 BC. Fine by me. I guess you're going chronologically? Yeah. 10... <laughs> 10,000 BC. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's so confusing. Um, 10,000 BC is the most nothing movie I've ever seen. This is Mel Gibson's movie, right? No, it's Roland Emmerich. Oh, what am I thinking? Passion of the Christ? No, no, before that. (laughs) 10,000 BC takes place 10,000 years. Before. No, no, wait, because. Christmas. (laughs) No, it would be 10,033 years before Christ. Because yeah. BC is before the birth of Christ. Mm. Not, is that not, how that works? I'm thinking of Apocalypto. I always get Apocalypto oh, and 10,000 BC. I have no idea what Apocalypto is. That was the movie that came out after Passion by Mel Gibson. About the Spanish Inquisition that no one ever suspects. I knew Nobody that was Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. They, they kill all the, uh, the Incans, right? Tyler, you've seen it. Oh, so it's like a Kingdom of the Crystal Skull it's, prequel. It's okay. Yeah. So That's all that. Like, uh, it's kind of like that. Okay. And, and, uh, yeah. yeah, sure. sure. Well, after that two-minute conversation, no, that's, that's not the, the movie I watched. Then I'm up to speed. <laughs> um, it's so... 
I it's a Roland Emmerich film, so I knew I was going to hate it. Oh, I'm so jealous. Well, that's not an open mind. <laughs> Roland Emmerich, for those of you that don't know, directed films such as 2012, White House mm-hmm. Down, and day after tomorrow. what's the one where the weather attacks? That the day funny. after tomorrow and uh, Independence Day <laughs> one and two. Yes, Independence Day being the best film. Oh, Independence Day is so good. It's wonderful. I'm going to reference it when I talk about my movie. Okay. Just so we all know. Interesting. Um, I'm. I was half expecting going into this film, not uh, expecting to not hear a single word of English. I thought, oh, Roland Emmerich's going to try and be arty, and like, of course, English isn't around. So the kid, no, they just they speak English. White English was always been around in every movie, and they kind of go in and out of British accents. British yeah. cavemen. We we just got a movie like this. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, the main character is. Oh, it's been a, like a week since I've watched this. I have it all written down, but I don't know how to pronounce it. Dela, delay. Yeah. Wait, what was that? Delay. It like I had to have. Just call him Ugg. No one cares. It's spelled D apostrophe L E H. Where are the vowels? Well, no, and then there's then there's the Obi Wan Kenobi kind of character, the mentor named Tick Tick. Who I just referred to as Tic Tac while okay. watching the movie. There's Baku, who is kind of the Merry and Pippin. It's so weird. It feels like this film wanted to be Lord of the Rings, but cavemen. Brilliant. Yeah. Did Basically, this make money. I sure hope not. Uh, I will check. Can you? Yeah. Can look not. it up while I explain the plot. Basically, somehow this blue-eyed girl shows up at Dalel's camp. Her name being Evelyn. I think it is. It's the only... Is the question mark part of her name? <laughs> you know, it could be. I've written down a bunch of names. They made $269 million out of a $105 million budget. So it... I don't know. Domestically, it made 94 Internationally, it made 174 Now take the... It was a moderate success. Mm. <laughs> I mean... According to Wikipedia. Roland Emmerich films have to be at least moderate successes because he still has a career. Like, he still does things. Uh, yeah, I uh, think Independence Day Insurgents or whatever it's called might have resurgence, killed Resurgence. Resurgence might have killed it. I hope so because that was they were going to make like eight of those. those. That was wait. Did Roland Emmerich do that gay movie no one liked? Call Me by Your Name. <laughs> he directed that. No, Stonewall. <laughs> That's the one. I I've never heard of that movie. Okay, someone someone was Rent. <laughs> I I would watch him direct Rent too. No. <laughs> Great. So yeah, there's just this tribe. They're hunters, and they hunt uh, woolly mammoths, but they call them manox. And suddenly, this Wait, little do they speak English? But yep, but they don't call everything by its English name sometimes. So just to be cute, it's yeah. like oh, in Firefly when they sometimes talk that. in Chinese or Mandarin, right? Stu- what? You get, anyone watch game? Firefly? Yes. No, okay. I didn't watch Firefly. You know, every once in a while they'd like randomly speak Chinese or Mandarin. And that's like part of their language. Is that kind of how this is? Sure, sure. Um, basically, yeah. The gr- the girl he has a crush on gets kidnapped by what the uh, what would it be called? The witch doctor mother lady calls uh, oh, four legged demons. Wait, but say, like, you, you hunt woolly mammoths. Doctor? You should know what horses are. They're not four legged demons. They're just, They're just people mammoths. riding on horses. Yeah. So he, wait, does the witch doctor have a bone in his hair? It's Does a anyone woman have a bone in their hair? Or, she has a lot of stuff in her hair. I don't know. So they go after this girl. They fight giant dodos. 
Um, they get a bunch of other cavemen tribes. Do the dodos fight over a watermelon? No. <laughs> it's so Is terrible. Ice Age That's a, a better quality movie. movie. Yes. It, no, this, fil- this film wanted to be Lord of the Rings meets Ice Age. Okay, is it better it than work? Ice Age, The Last Meltdown, or whatever the most I think I've only is. seen the first two Ice Are Ages. Are they in film, like, number six now or something? Yeah, I think the rat went Good to space Lord. in the last one. No, that was just a short that they played before the Peanuts movie. Are you sure? Yes. The Peanuts movie. I knew that was coming. <laughs> Why they don't just call it the Charlie Brown movie, I don't know. But I know. <laughs> I feel bad for anyone who has a list who wants to go see the Peanuts movie. <laughs> it's so funny. The main character in this looks like older Jake Lloyd. Like oh. prison Jake Lloyd. Oh. Prison Jake Lloyd. <laughs> Dreadlocks, Actually, that mustache, and goatee comic. <laughs> <laughs> but he, yeah, he just has that beard, mustache. In his sleep, he'll toss and turn and yell, Spitting's a good trick! <laughs> uh, You're talking about the main character, right? Yeah. Dal- Steven Strait is the yeah guy. the only literally you don't know any of these actors this guy the main guy you know him from Sky High he's the one with the Mrs. Incredible powers I do love Sky High so that's, that's a great. really good film <laughs> Sky that's High a weird I could, movie to reference but I right. could talk about Sky High for hours there's a villain in this who's played by one of the assassin in Sherlock Holmes two that's the only actor I knew from this mm. um, and it's weird because like they they propose all these like interesting spiritual elements. Because they go to Egypt to, like, because the girl's been taken there and sold into slavery. But the guy who stole her has this, like, he's a normal dude, but he has, like, this really deep voice that, you know, they've clearly done in editing. But he's just a normal human. But, like, oh, is he some sort of weird demon man? Is he one of the, what's it called, necrophilms? No, that that definitely isn't it. In Genesis, they talk about that demons came and, like, fallen angels made it with humans or something like that. I don't know. Uh, is that part of the Bible I'm not really familiar with? <laughs> the part with the, the demon babies. Yeah, but it... And like Nephilims. They, Nephilims, yeah. yeah. And then they just kind of disappear. Like, is he supposed to be one what? of those? Um, they hint at... Cause it, so they go to Egypt, and they're building the pyramids, and they hint that all this e- Egyptian architecture is from Atlantis, and that the people building them are misplaced a- Atlanteans. Okay. Because like, there's this guy who's whoa, crazy. Whoa, 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 back up! I'm not, I'm barely following this. Atlantis <laughs> exists in this universe. Yes, because we see it ever so briefly on a map off the coast of Spain. Are they more advanced? That's what that's what they seem to be implying. But like uh, the the head guy that's like always shrouded in like uh, veils and stuff, and he has super long nails, and like he's mad skinny and super tall, and they're like, oh, is he? Is he alien in nature? Is are the Atlanteans not humans? What is it? And then, like, it, it's the coolest part of the film, like speculating what this guy is going to be. But then the main character just stabs him with a spear, and he's dead. And he's dead. Yeah, just dead. It's so disappointing. So, would you watch this over Atlantis, the Disney movie? No, absolutely. I would. I would pop in Atlantis a million times over. What about the sequel? There was. <sighs> I know. No, because Toby liked 10,000 BC. It's one of her guilty pleasure movies. Oh. So at least I get brownie points with her for watching That's, it. I get nothing out of Atlantis 2. Yeah. Um, I feel like I should be describing this film more, but it's really terrible and nothing. Um, there's giant. There's a giant saber-toothed tiger in this. And the weird thing is... oh, So it looks terrible throughout the whole film. Hmm. but like the only CG terrible? Yeah. Oh, okay. But the only time it actually looks believable is when it's partially underwater and the only thing harder than animating fur is wet fur (laughs) but 
Like it really looks but like they it's nail there. it. Okay. And the weird thing is, like, there's this film is very much a drama. It takes itself so seriously, but there's like weird comedy bit. Like the, the, they do two jokes in this film. One time when they're being attacked by these dodo raptor things, one kid jumps off a tree and, you know, hits his nuts on a branch. Ah, classic. In the other scene, when the main character's trying to free this giant saber-toothed tiger from being drowned, he just comes up to him and goes, you better not eat me. But, like, the tone doesn't... Does he get eaten? Sadly, no. Ah. But like, the tone never calls for comedy, and he just, Roland Emmerich feels like, yeah, I should tell some jokes. Jokes are in movies. He's not strong with the jokes. No, no, he's Maybe not. Maybe the whole movie was a joke. I have, really, I believe <laughs> Could it. Could be. I'm trying to think. Uh, I have so many notes, but none Was there of a matters. post-credit scene? Did you stick around? I did not. Um, it was probably before the post-credit things were in every movie. Oh, here's the weird thing. So, uh, Mother is kind of the witch doctor thing, lady in the tribe throughout the whole, through the whole film. She stays back at, at, in their little camp, but like she's sensing everything that's going on um, as they're trying to, as Dell's trying to get his girlfriend back. So there's magic in this universe. Yes. Okay. But the really cool, interesting magic things that they seem to set up, never. Yeah, they're just white guys. Um, the most magical creature of them all. Yeah. So basically, uh, the main character is about to get his girlfriend back, and she's shot in the back with an arrow mm. by the the slaver who tried to sell her into slavery, who had a crush on her uh, for some reason. Just like if no one can have her, I can't. If I can't have her, no one can. And shoots her in the back, and she dies. Oh. And then so mother like Jennifer gives up Lawrence her mother? spirit, and like it's never really clear. But she, di- mother dies, and the girl comes back to life. So what it leads me to believe is mother has just given up her body and gone into this younger chick's body that everybody wants to bang. Wasn't this yeah. movie about cavemen? <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> it's such... Tyler, are you tracking this at all? It's so weird. No. I don't. I didn't like it. It's it's just so predictable, and yet, like. They didn't do well enough where, like, oh, this this part leads to this part, and that makes sense. It's just so tedious and long. And, like, you know the Obi-Wan character is going to die, but he almost dies, like, three times. And you're just like, kill him already. He's not that interesting. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's, that's 10,000 BC. 10,000 BC, okay. That's mo- 10,000 BC. What not the worst film I've watched on this podcast, but definitely the most nothing movie what is the worst film you've watched on this podcast the doctor who oh yeah but the american I think doctor that's who the movies. answer for all three of us those doctor who movies are just abysmal they're oh. absolutely the worst well i'm glad i missed that one so coming almost to modern times 1941 1941 this is the one that i was the i guess lucky i don't know after hearing these two films maybe i lucked out on this one um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the We'll get to the score. The score, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm going to just read the storyline synopsis off of IMDb because... You know, we should, we we should do that? that because we get so scatterbrained <laughs> we barely talk about the plot. And I, I'm doing this because this is a very scattered movie and I don't actually know what it was about. Yeah, because your film... Your film is... Uh, what, to dis- what comedy is... It, it, it follows multiple characters that never quite meet up. Or... Yeah, it's kind of a... Animal House meets Pearl Harbor. You know, the thing everyone's <laughs> oh, been yeah. tiring for. 
That's yeah. exactly what we needed. Uh, so as IMDb says, it is a hysteria grips California in the wake of a bomb of the bombing of Pearl Harbor, and a sordid group of defenders attempted attempt to make the coast defensible against an Im- imagined Japanese invasion. In this big budget, big cast comedy, members of a Japanese submarine crew scout out the madness along with Captain, with that along with the captain and a, of the German army. Uh, that's almost nothing to do with what this movie is. Uh, it opens with a crawl, very Star Wars. So this is Spielberg as well. So this came out in 1979, I believe. Mm-hmm. So he's fresh off the fins of Jaws, and he does not let you forget that because the <laughs> opening scene is a naked girl. Boobs and everything. All for a PG movie, mind you. Boobs and everything. Naked girl. It's the 70s. It's yeah. the 70s. Uh, jumps in the water, and she's swimming around, and you hear the Jaws theme song playing in this movie as a giant periscope from a Japanese submarine like lifts between her legs as it soars her into the sky as the submarine like beaches in California. Huh. That's how this movie opens. And at first I'm thinking, that's kind of funny. Uh, and then it's the a movie, naked gun. It's a naked. It's, it's a very screwball comedy with a lot of has uh, Jim Belushi. No, not Jim. No, John. Which, John. John Belushi, Belushi and Dan, Dan Aykroyd. Because whenever you see a poster or a DVD for this movie, it's those two on the cover because Blues Brothers was because a great Blues movie, Brothers. and they're also in it. Maybe the least, especially Belushi. Are you serious? Uh, I know Belushi like doesn't interact with no, anyone. Belushi's in his own movie that they pretty much cut in here. <laughs> Um, That's the same thing for Animal House. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I think barely just, in it. <laughs> uh, John Candy's in it for maybe half a, a half a line. Aww. Um Yeah, it's got a lot of those those actors. Th- this looks like kind of the Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. Yeah, that 1966 film that I've seen once. <laughs> yeah, it's what very, year did 41 come out in? 70? 1979. 70... Uh, so yeah, I, I feel like this film is the Russians are coming. The Russians are coming meets Doctor Strangelove, but Spielberg's trying to do this movie something. Wishes it was Doctor Strangelove. It really surely does. Yeah. Um. So John Belushi, right? That's the one that's in this. John, I get the yeah. Belushi's mixed up. Uh, the talented Belushi. The talented Belushi. Yeah. Uh, he plays this fighter pilot who's constantly drunk and will land his plane and like grab a beer out of a gas station and then fly off again. And he, I think, is the inspiration for Russell in Independence Day because they're the identical same characters. <laughs> if you've seen Independence Day and you know the, I'm that guy is the, John Belushi in this movie. Well, it's, uh, what's his face from Dr. Strangelove, the, the hick pilot. Oh, Slim yeah. Pickens. Yeah, it's it, Slim Pickens. Yeah, it's, it's Slim uh, Pickens taken to an extreme. To an extreme, yeah. So this, this character, which I didn't know was a thing, is apparently in very many movies. Yeah. Um, so I wrote some notes. It's more of a stream of consciousness. That's uh, basically what this podcast is. So Japan attacks Pearl Harbor. Everyone in California is freaking out that there's going to be a big attack, which I think was a very true yeah. fear at that time. That's when they developed the, uh, the ability games. to hide under desks. And yes. To, yeah. you know, not die from nuclear bombs. From bombs. Yeah. It's, it's you know, all the fun things. Uh, we are introduced to one character whose name I promptly forgot. But I'm going to believe it's the most leading girl. Joan Douglas? Sure. Laureen Gr- Gary? Look, if they're a popular actor, just use their name. Because no one will ever be able to remember their, the character oh, names. Yeah, so I think it's Laureen Gary. I don't know a lot of old actresses, so maybe that rings a bell to you. Anyway, she gets only... super horny about airplanes. Oh. If she sees an airplane, she gets all hot and bothered. 
And a, a vast majority of the plot of this movie is a guy trying to get her onto an airplane so that they can have sex. That is a big plot point in this movie. That is more important than the Japanese plot of a submarine trying to attack Hollywood. Uh huh. So isn't that Pearl Harbor? It, it's Pearl Harbor. Yeah, it, it kind of is actually. What's his face wants to bang Ben Affleck's girlfriend? So you who know. doesn't? <laughs> a Michael Bay picture. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so she, that's one of the, this is very hard to describe because it's not one plot line. One plot line is a Japanese sub wants to strike and destroy Hollywood because they feel like that would be a big hit against America, but their compass that's is fair. broken and they don't know where Hollywood is. So they're just kind of that's great swimming around <laughs> that's trying amazing. to figure it out. <laughs> My question is, are the Japanese played by actual Japanese actors or is it a is it breakfast Mickey at Rooney? Tiffany's situation? As racist and sexist and I think homophobic as this movie is, they do at least cast Asian people in the Asian roles. <laughs> I don't know if they're all Japanese, but they at least got to the Asian continent. You couldn't tell the difference, when, so that's good enough. So that's good enough. Um, uh, yeah, so this... One of the plots is this guy is trying to get this girl on an airplane so that he can have sex with her. Because the only way she'll have sex is if she's flying. That's... Okay. She's an exclusive member Real of the Mile We all dated people like that. Yeah, in fact, there's one scene, and I actually kind of laughed at this. There's a few scenes I, I laughed at, mostly for the absurdity, but some genuine funny parts. Uh, he gets onto an airplane. It's not flying, but they're sort of fooling around, and he's, like, pretending to fly, and she's getting all hot and bothered. And they keep hitting, like, buttons on the airplane. And, like, the guy who's painting the airplane gets hit in the head by, like, one of the propellers. Oh, so they're the, not actually flying. They're not actually flying. Okay. I was they're, gonna... like, doing maintenance. And they keep hitting, like, the rudders. And it's, like, swinging around and hitting a guy off of a ladder. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's kind of funny. And then they accidentally drop a bomb that's in the plane. And it starts rolling around on the airfield <laughs> as this guy's giving this speech about how safe California is. And that there will never be an attack. And then the bomb goes off. It's, Juxtaposition. Yeah, it's it's a pretty funny scene. I, I, that's great. I yeah. gave it a laugh. Um, there's, oh, let's see. I have uh, the kids from the movie Hook show up at one point. I don't exactly know what that's referencing. I think a bunch of kids dressed up as Indians. I was oh, going to say, okay. Hook didn't <laughs> come actually, for many years not later. Not yet. <laughs> but it looked like the kids from Hook showed up. They had two babies in the movie, so Dylan just assumed. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. Well, you'll be in Hook one day. Uh, oh, the Japanese hijack this redneck guy who they are going to get information from to figure out where Hollywood is. And he is the most redneck kind of guy you can imagine. Just super stereotyped. He says my absolute favorite line in the whole movie, which is, you ain't getting doodly shit out of me. Um, that's okay. I wrote that down. It was that impressive. Uh, Spielberg, ladies and gentlemen. Spielberg. It's, it's top stuff. Uh, there's a Japanese version of Who's On First. Kind of. How does that go? Okay. Is that like a Rush Hour 3 sort of thing? Like, kind I want to talk to you. Who's you? Me. Yeah. You, You're me. you? Yeah. That kind of thing where nobody understands anything and it's all very funny. Uh, there's two guys on a Ferris wheel throughout this entire movie who are there to guard they're, the... They're just the uh, the old Muppet characters. They're the old Muppet characters. Yeah, they have a shotgun, and they're there to defend the coastline on top of a Ferris wheel. One of them's an old guy who hates heights, and the other guy is a nerd ventriloquist who sounds like the voice of Mandark from Dexter's Laboratory. <laughs> yeah, <that> guy. Mandark! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it genuinely is that actor, because it is spot on the same, same voice. In uh, the 70s, though? 
I couldn't even. No, he, yeah, I mean the the guy who played Mandark wasn't a child. He, he very but well could still, be. yeah, I would have to do the research. I, I feel like this old older gentleman that has gotten up on the Ferris wheel but afraid of heights didn't really think through this plan. No, he, they're sort of forced onto it. I wasn't a hundred percent sold on why they got up there, uh, but they have a whole storyline where they never interact with anyone. They're just up on the Ferris wheel, and the other guy has a ventriloquist dummy. And he keeps. This is just jokes. a movie of B plots. Yeah. There's no A plot, just all B plots. Like uh, Infinity War. Yeah, yeah. But this doesn't it's work. It's really the Infinity War of 1979. <laughs> of 1941, you mean? Uh, 41, yeah. Oh yeah, that was him. It was. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the guy who played Mandark, 61 now. Yeah. Uh, oh, in the the Japanese subplot where they're in the submarine mm-hmm. and they have the ah, they, I got, uh, I get you. They the subplot. The guy. Oh no, we're just gonna pass over this pun. This How pun, have we this, not thought of this the subplot pun? in the submarine? Uh, they hijack this redneck guy who they're trying to get information out to find out where Hollywood is. And he's saying, nothing, you ain't getting doodled out of me. Favorite line. Uh, he has a box of Cracker Jacks, which has a toy compass in it. And oh, the Japanese are very excited about this. <laughs> Before they could use it, he swallows it. And he is laughing because he thinks, you can't get me now. Well, the Japanese have a bottle of prune juice and they make him drink a lot of prune juice. And then they stick him in a bathroom guarded by... This is the comedy of this movie. I can't believe I'm Spielberg's doing already. poop jokes. It's it's the poopiest, and it gets more poopy later. Um, <laughs> there's actually some really amazing flying scenes. Like there's scenes where there's airplanes flying through Los Angeles, and it looks really good. Like as practical effects. I don't know if they actually got mm-hmm. a plane flying through there, or if they did really interesting matte kind of. Or it could it be miniatures? Miniatures. I, I don't know what they did, but I was I was fairly impressed. Okay. Um, there's a Guy in this movie whose entire character development is that he hates eggs. Uh, yeah, I heard about that At the end of the movie, guy. he hates eggs. And at the end of the movie, he gets smothered in eggs. Because that's what this movie's about. Is He hates eggs. At the end, it's like Biff Tannen. And I was about to say, Spielberg held on to that gag and like, hey Zemeckis. Yeah, he, oh, and Zemeckis is involved in this Zemeckis movie. wrote this. Yeah, he wrote this movie. So maybe he was. Yeah, there. with Bob Gale. <clears throat> Oh, let's see. I'm going down the line Such here. talent in this terrible movie. It really is. Um, yeah, every woman in this movie is there only so that other men can fight about them. They have no agency or any purpose in the movie. Which, yep. it's the 70s. What are you going to do? I mean, that, that's the same thing with year one. The The woman is a plot device. That's it. Um, so there's a giant dance number, which I think was very impressive. Mm-hmm. I zoned out completely because I didn't know what was going on. But it was a very large, the Navy is in this big OSO show, and the Army's there, and they're all fighting over girls, and it's a big thing. And there's this very unattractive girl who keeps, like, snatching a man and saying, this one's mine. Oh, yes, the, the Bertha. The Bertha of them all, yes. Um, yeah, I said again, this chick really likes planes because that is literally the only thing she talks about. Oh, oh, so this movie, which is vaguely kind of racist, uh, shows absolutely the most racist part of Dumbo in the movie. So it's sort of a raceception kind of thing. Interesting. It shows the crows. Do you think the crows will be in the live-action Tim Burton remake? I kind of hope so, but maybe they'll be the whitest people. Maybe it'll be like some doves, and they'll just be like, how about that bread? Ooh, I like to dance real slow. No, no, they'll be really bad gay stereotypes. Oh, yeah, that would be the natural progression. Mm. Um... See, jumping around here, uh, the Japanese, there's a big confusion. The Japanese aren't actually attacking, but... But they are trying to? They're trying to figure out where Hollywood is. And the guy who's trying to have sex with the girl in the airplane finds an airplane, flies up there. But everyone thinks it's a Japanese fighter, so they're all shooting at them. Uh 
John Belushi thinks that they're Japanese, so he's firing at them, but then he crashes into Hollywood. Everyone thinks Japan's attacking, but they're really not. It's a hilarity. Um, there's a rapey kind and of And they guy. all just shoot themselves, they and all that's just the shoot, movie. And then, yeah, one uh, thing, they have to shoot the lights out. Because that's the thing to do if they're getting attacked. They turn off all the lights in the city. So there's a whole scene in the middle of the street where people are shooting out the lights in the city. And then it just ends. The it, just, it just ends. And Japan uh, gets goes away. There's a guy who has a gun in his house. And he blows up half his house to shoot down the Japanese, the Japanese sub? airplanes that aren't actually Japanese. It's very confusing. None of them actually connect. And it was not very good. Well, there you go. So does it just suddenly end or, or is there... Uh, it all takes place in one night. Uh-huh. The Japanese sub uh, sinks because J- Jim John Belushi, Jay Belushi, sinks it because he sees the sub and he crash lands and everyone's happy and I think he gets the girl at the end, one of the girls that are interchangeable. Okay. One uh, of many prizes. Yeah. yeah I, that, I, that's all women are. I do not recommend this. Uh, for a Spielberg rewards. movie, it's actually kind of interesting. At how awful and different it is from every one of his movies I've ever seen. Right. Spielberg has has Spielberg done a comedy? Has he directed a comedy? I know I he's produced some. I Spielberg? Think so. Didn't I feel like you could call Back to the Future partly a comedy? Did he produce Blues Brothers? No, he's just in it. I think he's yeah. And... No, no, he didn't produce it. No, I, it's... Think, I don't think he ever directed another comedy. I, 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 I think we're better off. Unless for you it. think Munich's a comedy. See, I was gonna say. I thought you were gonna say. Munich's hilarious. <laughs> All right, so it's that time of the night to figure out who won, who lost, and who got away with it. Hmm. Um, this is hard. I was thinking I got away with it, but after, uh, well, Dylan, what do you think? Do Do you think you lost? I don't. After hearing about these movies, I or? laughed more than I thought I would, and mm-hmm. like a genuine, like out loud laugh. But it may have just been because of how outrageously awful it was like kind of a funny bad laugh and not a genuine laugh Mm -hmm. so um it was longer than i'd like it to be (laughs) so maybe i i definitely think tyler i think tyler (laughs) won yeah tyler having seen both of these i won with year one yeah i mean because you like had genuine enjoyment i know i mean you're probably right but that upsets me (laughs) I feel like I lost. I would rather watch... Since having seen both of these, I would rather watch Year One or 1941 over seeing 10,000 BC. Yeah, same. Absolutely. I would rather watch Year Two movies before I went back and watched 10,000 BC. That's for sure. All right. Well, we've had some terrible movies in our mouth tonight, mm-hmm. and it's time to wash them out with a palate cleanser. Uh, so what have you guys been watching? What's something you want to recommend, something you want to give a shout-out to? Uh, I recently... We have a dollar theater near where I live, and they were showing A League of Their Own. And oh, yes. That movie oh, that's a, that's a wonderful movie. is so good. <laughs> I, I've seen, every time I watch it, I'm just amazed at how quick it is, how funny it is, how all the characters matter, how they can get a performance out of Madonna. I'm mm. amazed at every aspect <laughs> of this movie. Uh, even some of the overtly 80s-ness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they play a Madonna song <laughs> at the end with these kind of recap videos as the credits play. oh yeah it feels very out of place from this period piece 1943 <laughs> movie uh it's so good though there's no crying in baseball it has such great lines 
Hearing that line, I think Tom Hanks has the most soothing shouting voice I've ever it's heard. True. He he could yell at me any day. And I'd fall right asleep. Like, this is so comforting. Yeah. No, it's truly probably my favorite sports movie, and I'm not a sports movie fan, so right, maybe yeah. I'm not a good brawler <laughs> there. But I, I truly love this movie, and I would show it to anybody. Tyler, how about you? What have you been watching? Hey, um... I watched all the Hannibal Lecter movies just out of morbid curiosity. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'll give you a quick rundown in uh, chronological order, not order of release date. Hannibal Rising is awful and terrible, and I don't know why I even bothered. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Manhunter is the first version of Red Dragon from the 80s, and it's directed by the guy who did Miami Vice and like, Thief, and I really enjoyed it. Um, okay. But I also, surprisingly, I really like Brett Ratner's Red Dragon, and it's got uh, Ray Fiennes. He's not a bad director. He's not a bad director. He's kind He's of a, a crummy person. Guy, yeah. What does but, he do recently? Uh, he got kicked off of being part of any DC films because Gal Gadot said she wouldn't be a part of them if he was there. Because I think uh, he is some way sexually harassed some women. I thought that was just Brian Singer. No, it was both of them. Both main X-Men directors. He, he so did, all the original trilogy X-Men directors. Are in some way sexual perverts. So if Matthew Vaughn touched someone, then, then, we, then we got both trilogies. I sure hope not. That's a bummer. But no, um, yeah, Red Dragon was good. I watched Silence of the Lambs again, and it's still amazing. And then I really did not care for Hannibal that much. But it has a hilarious sequence, which I will spoil for you now. By all means. Where Hannibal Lecter feeds Ray Liotta pieces of his own brain. I remember hearing about that at like a really young age, and that freaked me out. I mean, it looks terrible. Like, it just looks like he's got a CGI brain, but it's, it's kind of hilarious. What year did that come out? 2001, I think. Oh, Space Odyssey. Hmm. Oh, yeah. why didn't we watch one of that? Why didn't one of us watch 2001? That's not a bad or movie. 2010. It's the it worst movie. Sequel. It's a great movie. <laughs> it I've is a cinematic never... experience. I've never seen it. You fell asleep. <laughs> actually, um, okay, I'll, I'll, my palate cleanser, I'm just going to recommend Faulty Towers because I've been watching that on Netflix and it's, it's so wonderful. Good. Um, speaking of 2001, because normally I. What I want to do when when people start listening to this and ask us questions, I want to. But let me ask you a question: What's the best movie you've ever seen that you only want to watch once? Because for me, that's two thousand one: A Space Odyssey. Mm. It was a great film, and I loved it. But I never want to go watch it again because I'm afraid I'll like it less. That's a good point. Give me give me a minute. Let me think. This isn't the best movie that I I only want to watch once, but it is certainly a movie that I've only want to watch once, and that is Mother. With Jennifer Lawrence. Mm. Oh, I hated it, but go on. I, it is very upsetting movie. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I liked it on some interesting levels. Uh, if you take away the on the nose parable or parallels to Christianity and Earth and all that stuff, mm-hmm. there's a very interesting story about what it takes to be an artist and what it takes mm-hmm. to be married to an artist. And interesting, because I was going to say taking away the parallels with. Christianity and Earth is kind of the whole point of that's, the film. That's the I very, oh, absolutely. That's the surfacey things. It's like beat you over the head with it. But there's this layer of what does it take to be a truly great artist and give yourself to your audience mm. versus what is it to 
be married or to be in a relationship to someone who's like that, who you cannot fulfill with satisfaction or purpose, but they have to get their purpose from an audience. And how does that make you the wife or the husband married to this person? Like that's a very interesting thing. And I think that's Mm. the subtle thing that we, that most people don't talk about with that movie. I liked it a lot, but I'll never watch it again. Gotcha. The Gray is another one. I love The Gray, but I don't think is I could ever watch it again. Is that the one where Liam Neeson uh, Turns fights into a wolf. wolf? Yeah, he fights wolves. It's very oh, depressing. It's very gray. Ah. No. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's a very dark kind of movie. And I loved every minute of it, and I don't think I'll ever watch it again. <laughs> okay, I got mine. I okay. Got mine. And it's not because I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> but Clockwork Orange is uh, such a miserable and hard sit-through, but I, I adore it. Yeah. I, I yeah, But you're I just surrounded by all this evil and unpleasantness, and that's the point, but... Right. That's on my list. I have not watched that one yet. Yeah, I haven't watched it for those reasons. Yeah. Just because, like, yeah. it's not necessarily something that... Like, I'm, I know it's a brilliant film. I and it serves a purpose, but I don't just I just don't want to experience all that evil and terribleness. Like I'm not yeah. saying the film itself is evil or anything like that. Well, what they're just, showing, oh, no. yeah. yeah. I I just don't want that. I don't want to be dwelling on that. I don't want that in my system. Especially kind of if you love singing in the ring. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know. Uh, what's his face? Who's the main guy in Singing in the Ring? Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly. Yeah, he hated. <laughs> uh, Clockwork Orange. Yeah, it, specifically the that actor because he felt it ruined the song. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I I agree with that. You can't. I mean, I hadn't I haven't seen it in about three years, but I recently watched Singing in the Rain and it still just haunts. It just sits in your subconscious. That scene, it's just. Ugh. Mm. Uh, so the uh, we kind of did get a question from Chad this week. Oh, oh good for Chad. Chad Rogers. Yeah, Professor Rogers. Professor, Professor. Chad he teaches Rogers. the film 101 classes at uh, at school. No, 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 not Chad. Ro- oh, Chad, 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 Chad Moore. Moore. I thought you were doing a bit. I'm I like, wasn't. No, I'm just lost. Chad Moore is our only uh, only listener that writes in. Oh, hi, Chad Moore. Chad asked if we would ever do a video game based yeah. movie. Movies based on video game episode, Why which not? that's definitely coming. I think we I wanted to do it with Rampage, but like the episode release didn't line up. So that that's coming. I'm sure that's in the down the line. He wanted to know uh, what we think of video game movies in general. I, um, for me, I actually I actually do have a thought on that. The recent Tomb Raider wasn't too bad. It was okay. I would say the the recent Tomb Raider movie is the best video game movie ever made. Unfortunately, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, not that it's a great movie. I liked it a lot. Oh, it was fine. I, like, it was a lot of fun. It's just not something I'm dying to see again anytime yeah. soon, you know? I, of course, I'm of the opinion that all video game movies are terrible. There's never been a good one. I mean, Wreck-It Ralph. But, but it's yeah. not based on a video game, which is what we're talking There have been plenty of fine movies about video games. I but love not Ready based. Player One. Maybe an unpopular opinion no i i mean it's a, it's a fun movie it's i still haven't seen it you haven't seen ready player one it came in a time where i was just getting a new job mm. um so i missed i missed ready player one and i missed isle of dogs oh i'm very upset about that yeah i saw ready player one three times in its opening you weekend. did i saw that on uh, your letterbox really thank, thank you movie pass by the way not a sponsor uh <laughs> but, but they could be if they but, wanted to yeah. <laughs> if I they know, wanted to lose more money <laughs> i i've started this podcast I have some of their stocks and they could please please do better with movie pass um, 
No, Ready Player One, absolutely. You sound so... Do you actually have stock in movie? I have 100 shares in MoviePass. You are so much more adult than either of us. No, I'm not. Nice. I, am, I have lost <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, no, okay. My dream is... So, what was the first bad... First video game movie, period. The Super Mario Brothers movie. Is that the first one? That can't, that can't be the first one. It ever. is. Double Dragon came out before that or after that? After that. I think, I think Dylan's right. I think Double Dragon was first. Uh, for, for the point of this, this thesis, <laughs> did Mortal it Kombat came out first. Come out? I, want, I want the new Super Mario Brothers movie, and now uh, Illumination Studios is doing it. I want that to be the first great su- video game movie. Because I think so that would be... Bookend s- the saga. It'd be so full circle. Okay. I'd love it. Okay. And it doesn't even need to be great. It just needs 65% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's all we need to have a good video game movie. That's, that's a pretty good number for Illumination. So that might happen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little sad that Illumination got... Because you know there's going to be a freaking minion popping yeah, out of the tube somewhere. It'll there's be like the what? Goombas or the Koopas yeah. will be the minions. I There's fan art of uh, someone like if Don Bluth... Did the Super Mario Brothers movie, and it looks amazing. That sounds great, man. I love those. Speaking of which, oh, if that Dragon's Lair movie gets made, that'll be the best video. Yeah, he's still working on that. That'll be great. And that, no, you're right, Tyler. That would, that would be. Yeah, that's no, if that ever gets made, that would absolutely be. Holy cow! I mean, they're making it. It got fully funded on. Kickstarter. Yeah, but that was—I feel like that was like two or three years ago, and I haven't heard a thing about it's, it. It's I a hand-drawn movie that basically him and what his brother are making by themselves. It's, it's going to take him a year. It's or so. Take him, brother. It's his—it's like his business partner. It's sure. Uh, yeah, I—if I had my dream video game movie, I'd love to see a Fallout movie. I just love the world mm. of Fallout. It's well, very I interesting. Mean, you it's, could just watch Mad Max Fury Road. I could just watch that's Mad Fallout Max. the movie. It kind of is. Well, see, I don't, I don't know if you guys ever played Fallout or if anybody that's listens yeah. ever played nope. Fallout. It has a very silly 1950s kind of sci-fi vibe to it, mm. and I just love that aesthetic. I think it's really neat. I would love to see uh, Secret of Monkey Island become a movie. Because that, be that was going to be a movie, but then that script supposedly got turned into Pirates of the Caribbean. That's right. Ah. There are a lot of similarities, like the dog with the key. Mm-hmm. I know that comes from the ride, but it was also in the video game. Yeah. Um, Jack Sparrow's kind of a Guybrush Threepwood sort of character. Is it weird that we live in a universe where there's better movies based off of rides than there are video games? I mean, there's one movie based off of a ride that's really <laughs> tomorrow, but it's better than any movie based off of a video game. That's this is true. true. This is true. But it was a complete accident. <laughs> <laughs> That that's even more true. That is true. Yes, yes. All right. Um, I think that's an episode. Like that's a good place to end it. We're, we're under our time. Are we going to announce the next one? Yeah, yeah, Tyler. It's it's your turn to pick the theme. What what what's happening? Oh shoot! No, you, is it my turn already? Yeah. I feel like it was just my turn. All right. Well, you and I were talking about this, and I kind of want to do this. Um, George Lucas directed three movies. In the uh, in the seventies, no, yeah, in the seventies, he did THX, he did American Graffiti, and he did Star Wars, and then he d- didn't direct a thing until Phantom Menace. So I want to go back and watch THX one one three eight and American Graffiti to see if he was actually a good director before Star Wars blew up. Interesting. Okay, that's good. American Graffiti is a very good movie. I yeah. would say. I guess we'll say okay. it's coming out because of Solo. It'll be that thing. That's a thing. Yeah, that's why we're doing it. All right. <laughs>
Yeah, because Opie's in uh, American Graffiti. Real quick, that works. real quick, one word answers. What are you more excited to see, Deadpool two or Solo? Uh, Deadpool two. T- Tyler. Huh? What are you more excited to see, Solo or Deadpool 2? Oh, Deadpool 2. Deadpool I, I 2. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm, I'm surprised Solo's getting his... Like, it's getting great reviews. Yeah. It's not getting great reviews. It's got 73 right now. It's, but getting, it's getting not awful reviews, reviews which yeah. is pretty great for what I... I I'm so shocked that Ron Howard was able to save this movie. Because you know it's him that saved this movie. I, I'm not attributing this to anyone Good job, else. job, Opie. I don't know if he saved it or... Changed like, it. Yeah, the Phil Lord and Chris Miller version could have been way better. We'll never know. Yeah, yeah. This, this is true. Well, I mean, yeah, like screw the Snyder the Snyder cut of Justice League. Yeah. I want to see the. No, the... that's very true. Because they shot like eighty percent of the movie. Yeah, which, which is why this movie. Percent of the movie was in the can before they pulled the plug. Yeah, which is why Solo is going to be better than Justice League because at least Ron Howard went back and reshot the whole the movie whole and not tried to piece two things together. Yeah, and not CG the lips off of. Chewbacca. Yeah, that's it. Well, we don't know that yet. <laughs> All right. A boy can dream. Well, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, thank you to Sam Martin for our theme music. If you ever want to tweet us, uh, tweet tweet the show a question. You can tweet us at artificial pod on Twitter, or you can email us at artificialpod at gmail.com. If you want to find me, I'm at Josh underscore Lakitis on Twitter. Dylan, where can they find you? You can find me at on twitter at d-y-l-g-i-o or dilgio all right it's the first three letters of my first name first three letters my last name i I have to simplify lukaitis because no one's no one's yeah yeah. just d-y-l-g-i-o and uh tyler where can they find you Hmm? you can find me at (laughs) (laughs) down by the railroad tracks well that that that's the show thanks for uh Thanks for being in here with us, Thanks Mr. For having me. Mr. Guard Dylan, sir. Yeah, oh, yes. Uh, and get get back into your cell, young man. I don't oh, know why we I let you want, out. But, Dad, I don't want to go there. Don't worry, Tyler. We'll be back to discuss your court case. By court case, I mean escape real soon. What What was that? Nah, it was nothing. It was nothing. I need you to sneak me copies of those next two movies in a cake. Good night, everyone. God bless. Good Bye. Night.